So I guess there's a new television program that's on. Um, I haven't seen it yet, so I can't recommend its entertainment value to you one way or the other, but my understanding is it's called God Friended Me. Has anybody seen it yet? It's obviously not an overwhelming hit, so we got, we got one hand. So, you know, but my understanding of the premise, and I wouldn't recommend you get your theology from this, this show at all, but my, my understanding premise of the show is this is a guy who doesn't really believe in God, but God has friended him on social media. So on a regular basis, God just sends him a direct command saying, I want you to do this today, right? And so it's a whole journey of him going through all of that. I've only seen the trailers, but, but you've got to admit, wouldn't it be really nice if you could go to like the Google Play Store or to the Apple Store and you just download the God app, right? You know, and so anytime you've got a major question, any major decision you've got to make, you could just kind of text God saying, you know, should we have a third kid or not? You know, or should I keep this job or look for another one? You know, should we, should we, should we move or not? Should I, should I have the surgery or not? Wouldn't it be nice just to be able to send God a little text and 20, 30 minutes later you got a reply saying no or yes or Maybe. Later. Well, you know, but it would just be great to have this direct kind of uh, you know, decision for us. And i got to tell you, I would have loved to have one of those when I was coming out of high school and then some of my, some of my days during college. Because you really feel like you're making these huge, life-important decisions, right? You know, I can remember like, being a senior in high school wondering, you know, where should I go to college? You know? I mean, I was grateful I had options. I had more than one that would let me in. But it's like, where should I go? And what should I major in, right? You know, you're asking those kind of questions. It would have been nice if you said, God, what should I major in? You know, it would have been great if you would have said, hey, P.E. in the cafeteria. That would have been great. You know, you just, you know, kind of, but, you know, it'd be great to have that kind of, a, of an app, but, and, and yet we don't have that. And so many of us struggle with knowing what God's will is for our lives. We, that we meet, reach moments of decisions where we have to make a choice and we're looking at option A or option B and we really would love to have some guidance from God about what to do, right? Or when to do it. And so, to me, one of the most pivotal questions after we have decided or answered the questions for ourselves, is there a God? And I will tell you, the vast majority of the world's population still believes there is a God, right? The vast majority may not all believe in the God that we know to be the true God, but the vast majority of the world's population believes that there is a God. And following that, the most important question after that is, what does he want me to do? What does this God want me to do? But many, many people struggle with answering that question. If you say, do you know God's will? Most people would say, I think so. I hope so. And some of that is because there's a lot of stuff that kind of flows around in all of that, right? You know, it's like, all right, first of all, how, how do I know God's will? Where, where should I look, right? How do I go about trying to figure that out? Or we ask the question, well, you know, is, is, is that just my idea? Or is that truly God speaking to me, right? Or we get into a single, well, what if God asked me to do something I don't want to do? Right? You know, I ask God, show me your will. And God says, you know what? I want you to become a lab technician. And you spend the next 10 years of your life testing stool samples. You're thinking, oh man, why did I ever listen to God? Right? You know, or, or you're asking God, like, you know, that was for vivid nature there to 
pull you back in. You know, or, or, or you're asking God, what do you want me to do? And he says, well, I want you to be, you know, do international missions. And you say, man, I hate to fly. I don't want to fly. You know, and, 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 you know, and we, so we wrestle with all these kind of questions. Or what, what, if I, what if I blow it? What if I know God has told me to do this and I just don't do it? Or God told me not to do something, and I land up doing it anyways. Uh, is that it? Am I done? Am I out of God's will? I can never get back in the right place? What happens to me? We have all these questions that kind of run around, and, and we're going we're gonna to try to look at those questions over the next four weeks. What is it that we, you and I need to know? What is it that you and I need to do to know God's will for our lives. How do we figure out God's will for our lives? We have a little teaser book that we've, we've bought for you, and we have some devotions that kind of follow along with that. Our life groups are going to be looking at those, and we're going to be looking at in our, in our sermon series as well and over the next few weeks. And if you haven't gotten the material, they're out in the lobby. I'd love for you to grab some and take it with you and, and use it as a part of this journey. But, but today we need to start with the basics, all right? I mean, so you, you need to elbow the person next to you and say, stay awake, right? You know, because, because listen, be, before we can run, we got to learn how to walk, right? Or before you can do algebra, you got to learn how to add and subtract and multiply, right? I mean, there are basics that we need to understand, and there are some things about God's will that we need to understand. Now, my assumption is, and I'm hoping it's your assumption, is that knowing and doing God's will is important. You know, we, we see this, 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 um, this verse from Matthew, Mark chapter 3, where Jesus, you know, his, his mother and his brothers and his sisters come to him looking for him. He's in the midst of ministry, and they're a little kind of concerned about what's kind of going on. And, they, and, and, and as they say, hey, listen, your family's here looking for you, Jesus says, you know, my family are the ones who do God's will. Those who do the will of my father are my mother and my brother and my sister. You and I experiencing being a part of the family of God rests on us knowing and doing the will of God. So here's some things that I think we really need to, to process. And, and, and let me kind of tell you up front why I think this is so important for us to get, right? I think sometimes we're looking at the will of God and we don't recognize it. I think we're looking right at the will of God and we don't recognize it at times. Or we're looking at something that's not the will of God and we can't tell. Because we really don't have a picture. We don't have the fundamentals of understanding what God's will is for us. And, and I'll use an illustration of my own life. This is very trivial. But, you know, I don't know if anybody else has this problem. But often, you know, I will go looking for something in the pantry that my wife will tell me is there and I can't find it. Anybody ever have that problem? Right? You know, and sometimes it's, you know, everybody knows that peanuts come in cans, right? I mean, peanuts just come in cans or one of those screw-off tops, right? You know, that's what this, they just come in, right? And then peanuts don't come in bags. You know, but my wife started shopping in a different store recently for this kinds of stuff. And I love peanuts, right? You know, it's when, when you're watching the game or whatever, you know. And so you go into the pantry and you're looking for the can. And you say, well, I thought you said you bought peanuts. I can't find the peanuts. And then, you know, they walk in and two seconds later they walk out and say, here they are. And it's like, oh, you know, and it's like, well, peanuts don't come in bags, right? Sometimes I think we're, we're looking for the wrong thing. We're looking for the can and yet... God has put it all together for us in the bag, right? And so we need to understand some basics of this. And so, so 
work with me, stay with me, take some notes, it'd be great. We always give you a spot in the back of your handouts for you to take some notes. But here are some things that, that I, I think we need to understand. The very first thing is God, the maker of the universe, the one who's in control of everything, who's, who was and is and will forever be, he actually does have a plan for your life. We need to start with the fundamental truth that the loving God who stepped into our world in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, actually does have a plan for your life. It's not just making it up as you go. He's not just sitting there wondering, boy, how this is going to work out. God actually has a plan for your life. Uh, The passage of scripture I would point you to, you know, it's going to be up in the screen. It says, says, a man's steps are established by God, right? A man's steps are established by God, and he takes pleasure in his way. This is from Psalm 37, verse 23. And, and that word established, is, it's not just that he, he secures our path, but, but it has the idea of he's pre-planned, he's ordained those steps. You know, the, Psalm 139, you know, you know, the whole passage there, but we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and et cetera. You go through, but there's, there's a place where he says, you know, before you even lived a single day of your life, God had written them all in a book. Psalm 139, 16. God has a plan for your life. The loving God of the universe, the one who's in charge in all, is in, interested in, engaged with, has laid out, and is working a plan in your life. God has a will for you. And so it's worth looking for, and it's worth knowing, and it's worth doing. Now, I think there's some things in here that we need to grasp, because I think there's elements of God's will, if you will, dimensions of God's will, that we sometimes confuse with one another, right? And, and not everybody is on the exact same page about all of these, but, and some use different language, but, but when we look at the will of God for our lives, I, I think there are three layers or dimensions that we need to understand, First of all, there is the, the sovereign will of God. God there, there are ways which God is in control of everything. He knows all things. He's all-powerful. He's ever-present. He's everywhere. He's in the past, present, and future. He's in, and with that, what God says goes, right? And there is an aspect of God's will that is sovereign. You know, I, maybe a biblical example is, you know, like when, when God chose to start over with Noah's family and humanity, he just did it. There's, there's no stopping. That was his choice, and it happened. And the flood came, and the ark floated, and the whole, whole nine yards that we read through that story. But that was God's sovereign choice, God's sovereign will. There's, there's nothing that could be stopped about that. There's also a sense in which, which you know, we look at the future. The, the, script, the scriptures tell us that this same Jesus who died on the cross, was buried in the tomb, was resurrected, actually ascended into heaven. And the scripture tells us that when God's ready, he's going to return in the exact same format. And that's God's sovereign will. That's going to happen. And that's going to be the end of human history as we know and all those kinds of great things. But that is God's sovereign will. And there is a dimension of God's sovereign will that applies to all of our lives. And we're going to look at some of that in the future. But there's also an aspect, and I've used the word here, where there is God's decreed will. All right, and again, elbow the person next to you. Hang in there, you know, pay attention. You know, kind of ideas get... You know, but 
There is an aspect where God has declared his will, but sometimes we don't always follow it. I mean, just some easy low-lying fruit, right? The Bible says, thou shall not kill. Would you think that's a fair statement of God's will? You think there's any murders that take place in the world? Right? So there's God's declared or decreed will, but man somehow or another has the ability to say, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do something different. Right? Or you get the idea of thou shall not lie. Right? And so when your spouse asks you, did you eat the last cookie? And you say, no, it wasn't me. You know, you, you make a choice, right? And be a little bit frivolous. I mean, you look at a biblical example. You know, there's Jonah, right? The prophet Jonah. God says, hey, I want you to go preach to Nineveh. So that's north, northeast. And he decides to go south, southwest, right? And so you see him choosing not to follow God's decreed will, but then you see God in his sovereign will stir up the waters and the boat's going to sink and he reveals that it's Jonah's the problem and overboard he goes, right? And you see those dimensions. And, and I think sometimes you and I struggle with the will of God because we, we want to attribute to God's sovereign will what are often the consequences of our failure to follow his decreed will. And then we say God's not loving and God's not good. But in the dimensions of God's will, right, there is, there is God's sovereign will, and then there is God's decreed will, and there are consequences, good and bad, that come from following God's decreed will in our lives. I think there's also an aspect of God's permissive will. And, and again, this is, you know, I think there are elements of in our lives that, that God does, God just say, hey, you know, choose what you want to do. You know, like, I don't think God really cared this morning whether you had scrambled eggs or a hard-boiled egg. I, I just don't think God really cares. He's like, well, whatever you like best, just have that. You know, I don't think God really cared whether I put on brown socks this morning. Those are brown, right? Tan. <laughs> or nude, whatever they are, or, or whether I put on black socks. I don't, think, I don't know if God really cares. I think there could be moments where God might say, hey, put on some pink socks with blue po- polka dots because this person that you're going to see later in the day is going to say, man, those are wild socks. And then in the conversation, something kingdom's going to worry. But I think a lot of times God said, hey, you know what? It could be mint chocolate chip or black raspberry with, you know, with chocolate chips. Whatever you like best. I think there's this permissive aspect of it. And, and as a father, he gives us that joy. Just like you don't always just buy your kids a present. Sometimes you give them a gift card and let them pick out what they want to get, right? And, and there's that aspect of it. And so all of these dimensions are active in our lives. And the choices that we make in every single one of those impact our own spiritual journey, our relationship with God, the relationship with people around us, and whether or not we really feel like we're a part of the family of God. So here's the second truth I really want you to see. Again, elbow the person next to you, keep them awake, whatever. Knowing God's will and doing God's will is important. This isn't one of those things you can say, oh, you know, I'll worry about this when life gets a little less crazy. I don't, I don't think that's a wise thing to do at all. Knowing God's will and doing God's will is critically important for our spiritual journeys. And so the, the very first truth that flows out of that is that actually it is possible for you and I to know God's will. It is possible for you and I to know God's will. 
You know, Paul wrote to the Romans, you know, he'd just been laying out all that God had done literally since the time of creation up through the person of Jesus Christ coming as God's son into the world, dying on a cross in our place, being resurrected. And when he gets down to the, all the end of that, you know, Paul said, therefore, you know what, you, you need to be you need to be not conformed to this world, but you need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can discern. Our words, we can figure out what is the good and perfect will of God. It is possible for you and I to know God's will. And it's important for you and I to do God's will. You know, the quality of our lives, the ability whether we really feel like we, we fit in God's family and we're a part of God's family and experience the blessings of being in God's family comes from knowing and doing the will of God. Jesus' mother and brother and sisters are those who do the will of the Father, right? And so it's, it's critically important that you and I understand and do the will of God in our lives. It affects everything about who we are and how things unpack in our lives. Here's a third truth I want you to get. God is eager to show you his will for his life. God's eager to show you his will for... You know, you, 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 just, you read the Bible, and you, and you definitely have to come away with the impression of God's pretty verbose, right? God loves to talk, right? And God is eager to share with us his will for our lives. You know, Psalm 32, verse 8, and it might be something you want to write down. It says, it says... I will instruct you, and I'm going to show you the way you should go. God is specifically saying, I'm going, to, I'm going to teach you, and then I'm going to show you, I'm going to guide you exactly the way you should go. I'm going to show you my will, right? And I'm going to guide, and it says, I'm going to keep my eye on you, and I'm going to keep giving you counsel, right? It's, it's, it's powerful terminology. God is eager for you. It's not a mystery. I, I think sometimes when we think about God's will, we kind of think of it like an Easter egg hunt. It's like, I, did I find all the eggs or not? You know, and, and did, did I miss the good ones? You know, we, we, we feel like somehow or another, like it's, it, it's like a hide-and-seek game, right? And, and, and it's hard to figure it out, and it's by chance or whatever. And, and I got to tell you, that's not the case at all. I believe God wants to make it crystal clear to us. God wants to guide us. I mean, Jesus even said, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going back to heaven, and I know that makes you sad, but you got to know I'm sending the Holy Spirit. I'm sending the Counselor. And his role is to take up in residence within you. And he's going to be an onboard spiritual map quest that's going to guide you and direct you into everything I want you to do. You're going to, he's going to teach you all things so that you know God is eager to show that to us, right? And, and I got to tell you, I, I think that reality, that truth is something that you and I really need to take to heart. I, I will tell you that probably the most devastating misunderstanding that I've ever seen about the will of God related to this was with a young family that, that um, was attending the first church that I planted back in the, in the late 1980s. Uh, they were in their mid-30s, uh, had, much like Paul, had, had come out of a Roman Catholic background, was really struggling to understand the scriptures. They had started attending our church for a season, and, and, and they were really growing in a lot of ways. And and, and, you know, they, they were dabbling in a couple of other ministries and had been to some stuff and they had filled out some paperwork. And, and one day I got, I got a call from the wife saying, God has showed us what he wants us to do. You know, she said, we've been asking God, what's next? What do we want to do? That kind of stuff. And she said, and God has showed us what he wants us to do. And I said, well, wow, tell me, what, what's that? She said, well, we got this postcard in the mail today. And 
we're going to move to Oklahoma and my husband's going to go to ministry school. And I'm like, you sure? God sent us this postcard, right? It has to mean something, right? And I'm thinking, all they want is some money out of you, right? You know, but they've but they got, and, and, and so even through a bunch of discussions, they were convinced that this was God's will for them. You know, here was a guy who hadn't been in a classroom since he was 18 years of age. He was in his mid-30s. He was a construction worker, ran his own business, was very good at what he did. He hated school. And yet somehow or another, God had popped in, and they didn't want to miss finding the egg hidden underneath the bush in the backyard around the corner that nobody else found. And so they moved out to Oklahoma, and it was devastating. They came back penniless, broken, almost faithless out of that journey. God's not trying to make it that hard. He's just not. He, he, you know, it's, it's not like, well, you know what, if I don't go through the mail every day and read every word, I'm going to miss what God wants to say to me. That's not the way it works. God is eager to make it crystal clear to you. He has put a part of himself, the third person of the Trinity known as the Holy Spirit within you to say, this is right, this isn't right. All right? So, so those are some fundamental truths. Now, I want to look at a different layer, right? And back up again. So we want to make sure that when we're looking in the pantry, we're looking for nuts, not only in the can, but in the bag, because sometimes it comes in both shapes and sizes, right? But here's, here's some things I want, I want you to understand about God's will, okay? And, and, and these are just four points. Not, some of it flows together, but I think these are reality pieces that you and I need to get our hands on. Here's the first thing. Knowing God's will doesn't mean that you're 100% certain. Knowing God's will doesn't mean that you, you've eliminated all doubt about whether or not this is what you're supposed to do or not. I think somehow or another we have this idea that, you know, if God showed up and spoke to me from the burning bush, I'd know exactly what I'm supposed to do, right? But I got to tell you, we just studied this this past summer, right? Moses is standing in front of the burning bush and he says, hey, you know, I, I know there's, there's somebody talking to me from the bush, but how do I know this is really you? And God says, you know what? A year from now, you're going to be back here. A year from now, right? That's 12 months. So a year from now, you're going to be back here with a whole group of people. Then you're going to know that it was me who was talking to you. That's 12 months of being less than certain. You know, do you know what I mean? And, and, and that's just the way it goes. Sometimes we don't know for sure. And that doesn't mean we don't know God's will. That's why it takes faith sometimes to follow God's will. I, I got to tell you, one, one of the decisions I, I struggled with um, as I was in college was whether or not um, I should pursue uh, a, a ministry with the Lord that was vocational in nature. In other words, doing what I'm doing today. Something I do seven days a week, et cetera, rather than having another job that supports a ministry or using that job as a ministry. And, and I struggled with that for a long time. You know, I prayed actually from my, the beginning of my college career uh, up until the day I, made, I felt like God had given me an indication you know, um, it was in one of those journeys where, you know, I, 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 I'm actually smarter than I look. So I, I was doing pretty well in school and, and through some family connections and stuff, there were some guys who really wanted to try to help me get into Harvard Law School because that's what I was really thinking about doing if I hadn't gone into ministry, was going to law school. You know, and so, so it's a heady thing. You're, you know, you're in college, you're working every day in jeans, you know, doing construction work and, you know, driving a big truck and that kind of stuff. And, and these guys take you to the, to the Harvard club for lunch, you know, in, in, in the city, you know, and, and they're like, you know, if you want to do this, we got to start now because we got to make sure you meet with the right people, do this and that and all that kind of stuff. So you have a chance to get in because it's pretty competitive to get in. 
And, and, and so I, I was in one of those moments where something I've been praying about for three years, I had about six weeks to make a decision. And, and I, I will tell you, there was a moment when I was driving that truck, this F500, you know, this old big old steak bed that bounced around. Christina really loved going on dates in it, by the way. There's, there's nothing as romantic as going out to, for ice cream in a 16-foot steak bed, right, you know, with a power takeoff on the side of it. Anyways, and I'm driving this truck, no air conditioning, et cetera. And I remember pulling up to the stop sign, and there was this hill, you know, so all the more pressure to roll back on top of somebody, right, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And, and I just remember just having the sense of God saying to me, I want you to go into vocational ministry. And so within a few days, I called the guys and said, I, I'm going to go to seminary. And, but I will tell you, it was more than a decade later before I was absolutely certain I had made the right choice. And it didn't mean I didn't enjoy the experiences from that, but it was almost a decade later before I really just had this profound sense of confirmation from God that all the uncertainty was gone. And, and we could go into a lot of these. Just because we think we, we're not certain doesn't mean we don't know God's will. The second thing I think we really need to appreciate is just, just, it doesn't mean we don't know God's will if we don't know all the details. Right? You know, um, let me give you a, a very profound biblical example. Abraham, right? He's running a small business, got 75 people in his orbit, whatever, in, in, the, in the city of Iran. And God shows up in his life and says, Abraham, I want you to go. And Abraham says, where we're going? He said, well, just go south. Well, where south? No, just go south. <laughs> right? He doesn't give him any more details. He said, just head south. I'll show you the land you're going to go to. Right? And, and, and he doesn't get the details. But that doesn't mean that God's will wasn't for him not to go. You know, and, 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 and that, so just because you and I don't know all the details, in the sense we make this decision and say, all right, I'm going to change jobs and move and do this and that, whatever, and we don't know how it's all going to work out, doesn't mean that God hasn't spoken or God's not leading. Because sometimes we don't know all, all, all the answers. How many of you are old enough to remember trip ticks from, the triple, from AAA? right? We'll, we'll do an age test here. Remember, remember you, you know, for the rest of you who are young enough, right? We used to go to AAA and say, okay, I'm going to Orlando. And they would take all these pages and slap them together and they would highlight the route and it would show you every single turn that you needed to take between here and Orlando, you know? And so it's like 50, pa- 50 miles per page, except for you got to the cities. And then sometimes it'd be like six to eight pages. Remember that? And, and so, especially when you're younger, you know, at least I, well, I was, and I was riding with the family, you know, you're kind of man, how many pages we got left? Man, we got a long way to go. But, you know, it was great because you knew every single turn you were going to take between here and Orlando to get there without getting lost. And it was great. I got to tell you, I don't think God operates that way. I think God says, here's a compass he says, head south. And we'll, we'll fill in the detail as we go. Just because God's word is a light into our path doesn't mean it shows us all the way to the end of the path. Sometimes you've got to take a couple of steps and then you can see a little further, right? And so there's this idea of, of, of not knowing God's will because I don't know all the details or how it's all going to work out and whether it's going to be good or bad or whatever doesn't mean that we don't know God's will. Here's the third truth I want you to see, and, and, and I want to ham away on this just a little bit. You know, um, there is always, 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 have I emphasized that enough? There is always a character component to God's will for your life. 
In fact, I would say to you, God is far more concerned about who you are than what you're doing. Now, in terms of what you're doing being a reflection of who you are, but I got to tell you, I think God is far more concerned about who you are in the sense of, I don't think, you know, whether you're working at Market Basket or Hannaford, I think God's more concerned about how you're doing that job rather than which store you're working at. God, God, there's always a, and so the passage of scripture I would point out to you because it's just so simple and clear is, is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, right? Where he says, this is God's will for you. Your sanctification. Now, that's universal for me, for you, for all of us. God's plan, God's will for me is to be sanctified. Maybe more everyday language. He wants me to be Christ-like. He wants me to be godly. He wants me to be righteous, right? And that's something that God asks us to do. That's God's will for our lives. And, and, so I, and I think that is, is very profound for us in a couple of areas. One, you know, Often we get to a place where we don't, we're, we're struggling to make a decision, whether I should go right or should go left or straight or ahead or back up or whatever, and we're struggling with those decisions. And I got to tell you, I think when we're in these kinds of moments, rather than focusing on what we don't know to do, focus on the things that we do know to do, and that's to be a godly person, that to, to be sanctified. To work on who you are and listening. The other thing is, 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 and I think this is so critical, is that because I think often we ignore all of that stuff and then we're desperate to hear from God, but we're just not in a place to be able to really hear from God. Let me give you a, a couple of examples. And, you know, in my first ministry, you know, I was working with college students. And and, and, and so as college students emerged through their junior year and started to get into their senior year, life after college becomes really huge to them, right? And, and I remember having multiple conversations with students saying, you know, I don't know what I'm going to, where am I going to work? Should I move? Should I take this job or that job? Whatever, whatever, I don't get a job. And, they, and they're all worried about the future. But then you look at their lives in the present and they just weren't even doing some of the things they were supposed to be doing. Some of them were living with their boyfriend or living with their girlfriend or all these kind of things. And, and so it's, it's almost like kind of one of these things where, you know, God's dialed into channel 100 and they're on channel 150 and they think the, the issue to be able to hear from God is just to turn up the volume on channel 150 where God's, because they're not even tuned in to where God is. And so I think there's a place for you and I when we feel like we're struggling to hear from God to say, okay, what do I need to work on in terms of my character? How do I need to be sanctified? How do I need to dial it back in so I'm calibrated to the same channel that God's speaking on? And then, and then you'd be surprised how clear it can get. There's always a character component as a part of that. The last thing. Knowing God's will is rooted in knowing God. Let, let me put it maybe even more clearly than that. God's will is always relational. God's agenda, more than anything else for your life, is to have a relationship with him. It's, w- w- sometimes we want to see it as the triptych with all the steps and all the things that we do, but God's much more about, hey, come follow me. Come follow me. God asks us to receive him in the person of Jesus Christ so that we can become the children of God and walk with him. 
You know, he says, God, what's, what's the number one commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, right? The number one commandment isn't some task that he wants you to do. It's about having a kind of relationship with him that's rooted in love. God's will for your life, for my life, for anybody's life is always rooted in relationship. It's about having a connection with God that comes because our sins have been forgiven in Jesus Christ. And, and, and with that, we've embraced Christ in our lives. We've become a far, part of the family of God. We are now his brothers and sisters. We are the children of God. And out of that, you and I get to know God's will because we get to walk with him because we know him. And, and really, the, the number one question for us to wrestle with as we think about Knowing and doing God's will. How to figure out God's will. The number one question that you and I need to start with is, do I really know God? Do I really know God? It's my pleasure to be able to tell you today, you can know God. Because God has come to us in the person of His Son, Jesus Christ. And He's made it possible for you and I to be His children by receiving him. Acknowledging the fact that we need a God, we need a Savior, that we are sinners, we can't, we can't ever live up to all the things that God expects us to do, and in the, in the perfection and the righteousness that God puts on us through our faith in Jesus Christ, the forgiveness that's granted to us, you and I can have a relationship with God, and that's where knowing and doing and figuring out the will of our God, our God starts. It's all about having a relationship with him. So the question really for all of us today is, do I really have a relationship with God? And if you don't, I invite you to take that step today. You know, as Paul, Paul said earlier, you know, that for him it was a journey, for others it'll be a moment. But it's just simply coming to the point of recognizing that you need a Savior. That God has provided that Savior in Jesus Christ. And you making the intentional choice for God to forgive you because of who Jesus was and what he did, and to place your faith in Christ and walk with him. And with that, the scripture says, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. And that's what God invites us to do today, to start this journey of knowing his will by starting it with knowing him. And so I'm going to let God have the final word today which I ho- hopefully is the tradition all the time, but there's, a, there's a, just a short phrase in a as God speaks to us through the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 5, where he says, so don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And my challenge to you today, against the backdrop of all that we've talked about, ending with this idea of knowing God, that knowing God starts with, knowing God's will starts with knowing God. I would say to you, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Let's pray together. God, I'm grateful, I think we're all grateful, that you, the sovereign being of the universe, a loving God, care about us, and you've got a plan for us. God, I think all of us would be foolish if we didn't want to know it. God, I pray you would create a hunger within us to know your will, and Father, that that hunger would start with knowing you through faith in Jesus Christ. So God, I ask you to move among us, Call us to decision. 
Help us to take that step of following after you. For I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.